you know I'm editing this part of the podcast. Um, I know you it, would. You would edit the truth. You would. You would. Uh, we we call, it, you know what we call that legacy media. We call the we call that biased <laughs> right. journalism. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> like, I am. Go to I CNN. am yeah. that controls the media. That's right. And 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 trying to keep you down, my friend. This is me. Uh, I do this. I know. Uh, I know. As a matter of fact. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the long-awaited return of the greatest po- wrestling podcast. We are back, baby, in our recorded glory. This is, once again, Give Me the Book. We apologize for the prolonged absence, but with me, as always. Yeah, El Guapo of professional wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy. Satoyo, guys, thank you so much for being patient with us. During this time, you know, the the winter is here, seasons change, people get busy, all this type of stuff. But we're glad we're happy to be back. We have a lot of stuff to go over. Once the S, my my co-host, my good friend has mentioned, thank you for being patient. I hope you have enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed your Hanukkah. Uh, It has been that long since we have uh, come to you in our recorded glory. Um, But we are back and we have a lot to cover um, I think before before we have a chance to look back on other things we didn't have a chance to talk about, Satoyo, I suggest we look forward. Because as you said, the winter is coming. AEW special. Uh, we have a couple of big matches coming up. None bigger than Hangman Adam Page making his first title defense against the one and only Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. Satoyo, give me your thoughts on the winter is coming. Give me your thoughts on the upcoming heavyweight title defense. I am very excited for Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. I want to give a big shout out to Brian Danielson in the lead up because I feel as though in the lead up, he's made it very, very interesting. And he's been very, very honest. And it speaks to how over Adam Page is and that he is solidly an AEW guy and that any little critique of of Paige, the audience is like, that's our fucking champion. Don't you talk? And Brian really hasn't changed that much. You know what I'm saying? Like he's showboating a little bit more now or whatever. He's kind of like, yeah, he's beating up guys his size. It's easier for him to showboat a little bit more. Um, But he's really helped get himself over in the lead up to this match while taking shots at, at Hangman. And it's going to be a real test for Hangman because Brian can do whatever as a baby face or a heel. So he's going to do right by Paige. This I, I, have, I have no doubt, I have no question. He's just got to continue to show that baby face fire that we've come to know and love about uh, this character, which I think in a lot of ways, this character, why so many people gravitate to Adam Page is because he's representative of a lot of people. Uh, in that age range, dealing with like self-doubt, accomplishments, things like that, getting over that hurdle. So it's going to be a real, real test for him in much the same way that the Omega match was. And um, I have no doubt that he'll knock it out of the park, but I'm very interested to see how it goes. I think they, they, it was masterful. I, I'm still not, again, I'm not 100% sold on, on the Hangman as a champion just because, again, to me, he doesn't have necessarily the charisma or the, or the name recognition of his previous uh, title holders. So they said, hey, let pretty much 
Brian Danielson sell this or this view that he kind of done ninety percent of the build and Brian Danielson right now, uh, as we'll you know discuss further in uh, next week on our uh, review of the year twenty twenty one in wrestling. I, I don't think anybody is operating on on Brian Danielson's level. Danielson's level, whether as a babyface or as a heel, and like you said, the fact that he turned so masterly, so obviously, yet so without you know becoming a a parody of a heel or anything like that. Like he didn't just completely disregard his character. He's pretty much been the same person, just a little different, and and that's all it took. Um, I and the fact that they could tell the story mostly in the ring with Brian Danielson just mowing down um the the cohorts the dark quarter people um i think yeah i think it was just well done very anticipated and you know the match is going to be awesome i mean hangman is you know like i said i'm not i'm not 100 sold on his character or his promo skills he is good in the ring he is undeniably good in the ring and brian danielson might be the best in the world at the moment so um i have high expectations for this match um who do you have winning who do you and who do you think should win I don't think there's a wrong answer, but I think Paige should win. Um, so, but I wouldn't be mad one way or the other because he is. And again, here's the thing with Adam Page: he's over. He's he in terms of homegrown talent, he's their most over guy. It's it's and again, that's be. I mean, we got Darby Allen in this in that conversation as well. But Hangman is so wildly over. His promos are very very simple. Um, he's kind of, and this is why I say he's like their sting of that time period. You have to build like you have to continue to build the guy, you know, and again, that's sort of what this is for. Um, so I believe that he can rise to the challenge because he's played his part so well in this story. But I think it should be Paige. However, like a babyface champion, unless you're like some badass, you know, Steve Austin type character from the late 90s, early 2000s. I don't foresee a particularly long reign with the title. I, if he makes it to six months with the title, I'd be surprised. Six months might be the place to end it or, or because you there always needs to be tension with the with the guy that over. He always there always needs to be a bit of tension. They can have a solid run when they're more established as a person. But um, but right now he definitely needs this win. And then we see there are a lot of options for him next. So I think he needs it a little more. To continue your uh, uh, comparison to Sting uh, in WCW, um, I think Sting at his best in WCW was when he was uh, going up against a monster, right? His baby face runs into a monster who he cannot be then. Sting's best feud, by, considered by many, myself, and I know yourself definitely included this, his uh, feud with uh, Vader. Um, and, you know, one thing about AEW, there really isn't any monsters on on that um on a roster at least people who you would be obvious right i mean warlow has a match which he's probably going to lose on the on the winners coming as well and warlow kind of has been losing lots of matches there's brian cage but he hasn't really have the momentum there is lance archer etc quite frankly your biggest monster might be brian danielson who despite his stature has been portrayed as just like i said he's just been destroying dudes just kicking their fucking head in uh so to speak so why not? Why not have Brian Danielson be that monster? And if not him, then who? Who is that guy who comes would, in and puts too much of a challenge for uh, for Hangman Page? It could be CM Punk is the other obvious answer. I think you you have options. I think right now in, in pro wrestling, especially amongst the two brands, there is no real monster. Uh, maybe Brock. That's kind of about it, really. I would say Miro 
Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you don't have to do too much to put Miro back in the conversation. One thing AEW does that I do believe is smart is if they don't have anything for you, they're not going to overexpose you in a way just to have you doing stuff. Cause sometimes that's not particularly helpful. So Miro's in that conversation. Lance Archer's neck is hurt. Uh, Brian cage. No one really takes seriously, uh, sort of on that level. So if you build up appropriately, you know, you have Paige beat the people that he beats. And then when Miro comes in, if you so choose, you put him in that level. It's an easy sell because of how believable Miro is. And so far, he has not missed and they have not missed with him. That would be my choice. Um, but again, you also could have a situation where much like with Sting, Yes, Vader was a monster that he had to overcome physically. Ric Flair was a guy he had to overcome because it was him against sheer numbers. So it doesn't always have to be just a killer, like, big-time guy in the way. However, it generally makes for better matches because there's more tension and drama around them. So that's why I would say Miro, uh, um, uh, from a size perspective, even though Miro's not really that huge of a of a guy um when we talk with about Miro, we'll just take a little bit of time right because Miro yeah. is coming off back-to-back losses as far as big losses and, and struggling with the uh, orange casting now to be honest again that's you know we will talk about it next uh next year next year next uh next uh episode when we do in uh uh recordings not one of the guys who are, i kind of wanted aw to book a little bit better who i think uh, had a little bit lost a little bit a little bit of momentum in the end of the year um yeah because but he's not one of them dudes that's why that's why he's just not one of them dudes he's he's excellent he's very very good but with that type of a character that's kind of the window that's i mean that's the ceiling maybe he can go a little higher but i don't really think so i think i think so far can they get more out of him potentially but they're damn near at 90 percent of that already maybe the next 10 could give him some more but that's kind of him like if Tony Khan were to give me the book, wink, as well as the budget, uh, my booking for the, the the main event title scene would be to sign Keith Lee, bring him in as a monster, and have him basically beat uh, Hangman in his first match. You know, attack him the same as the thing they did with Vader, just to bring in a monster, have him attack, and then win a title in, the, in your first match, and have him be the imposing figure who just it was, you know, it, was it was it was it was a couple matches, but he did attack. He cracked Sting's ribs, and then like and Sting had to then you know with the title because that second reign was only four months. So mm-hmm. I mean, to me, if they beat Page in four months, I'd be like, well, it depends on who you beat him with. I remember being devastated that he lost, but like as an adult, I'm like, that was fucking awesome. Um, but you have to have a guy for that. If you don't have a guy for that, then I wouldn't beat him. Just get, to Keith beat him. Lee, is, as, as, like you said, man, I think, you know, if you're looking for parallels with Vader in, in the 92, I think Keith Lee in 2022 uh, is as close as you can get. And he can address a lot of representation issues that have been uh, sent AW's way as well. So I think it can be a win-win-win. Um, and again, that's kind of what Keith Lee should have been in the first place, right? Just as a, as a, a push as a, as a super athletic monster. Agreed 100%. Now, let me ask you, Satoyo. Uh, I have a theory about Winter's Coming that the the main event, the title match, is not the match you anticipate the most because we have the third match in the trilogy between Serena Deep and Hikaru Shida. And somebody yeah. tells me you're anticipating that match more than the main event. Am I right in my theory? Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I get to see one of the best wrestlers in the world today in Serena Deep, the best women wrestler in the world, full stop, no cap. Um, and, the, and this feud that she's done with Shida... That's really 
I thought is very interesting. I felt every match has been very, very compelling. Of course, obviously, I'd always like to see more of them. I think both of them are excellent. That is really my match because I'm interested to see what they do because I've loved the first two matches so much. And so far with those two matches, they're different. But they also get to call back to things uh, you know, the, the second match got the callback to things in the first match. And it kind of shows in the second match, uh, Hikaru had to think more, you know, because she's in there with someone who was just dissecting her and things of that sort. So I'm very interested to see what they do with this match, especially because outside of the TBS title and the, the Women's World Championship, it exists as sort of the women's feud in AEW, which I can appreciate because it shows they can do it. And again, you're doing it sort of with the right you're doing it with the right people, quite frankly. In my opinion, this has been the by far uh, by far. And I would say it's been the only great feud AW has done this year, uh, genuinely speaking. Now, you can you can make an argument for Hangman Adam Page. I, I don't count them much because it's been count. It's mine's been going on for a long time. It took a lot of breaks. And this year it kind of like was just the very end. I think most of the foundation was late for it last year. Um, so as far as just like a self-contained feud. Was not a fan of a lot of stuff AW has done. Some of it we talked about on the podcast. This one they done perfectly. I wish they got maybe a little bit more time, but like you said, it's not a full title. It's just it's 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 you know kind of your third tier female feud because you have TBS titles, you have the the Brie Baker whoever she's been against kind of taking the first two spots. But I thought everything they did, uh, which has just been excellent, just excellent pro wrestling and. Uh, along with Thunder Rosa, this is your top tier female talent in the company. So definitely interested to see what they can uh, what they can do in the ring. Yes, likewise, agreed. Okay. Uh, do you have anything to say about Matt Seidel versus Warlo or MGF versus uh, uh, Dante Martin? Both matches will be very very entertaining. Uh, MJF is coming into his own with the feud with CM Punk, so that's really really helpful. Um, so he's got a lot of heat on him. They're obviously doing things with Dante Martin. Uh, because, you know, he's got a lot of upside and, it, you know, it's important to give because you can build a bit of a story around him. Yeah. Give him something to do um, before his brother gets back and see what you want to do when his brother gets back. I think, you know, I'm a Matt Seidel fan, so I always will love that. And it'll be tremendous watching him get destroyed by Wardlow um, because, you know, Wardlow has more people to lose, more important people to lose to. So but I, I'm sure it'll be an excellent match. I think Matt Seidel, for my money he's actually one of the few people that does like that high flying flipping stuff correctly uh, amongst any company. It's bad on AEW. It's terrible in WWE. Like he's the only one that's like, actually like makes the shit look excellent and makes sense. Cause he can also wrestle. Um, he can throw a punch too. a lot of high flyers. Uh, have, you know, can't throw punches. So, I, but I'll be very oh, excited. Phoenix for is by far the worst of that, by the way, we got to yes. talk. Oh yeah. 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 And, and really Naito, which we've talked about. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I 100% agree with you on, on all accounts. And I think MGF, CM Punk, we have not, we had a chance to talk about it. We obviously were not uh, podcasting the weeks that where they cut their promos. Uh, I enjoyed the, the big promo. I think they kind of uh, busted their load a little bit too quickly, if you will. I think they forgot that they have months and months and months to build up this feud, which is why the first promo was this epic 20 minute thing. And like, okay, I'm ready to go. And then every like interaction, every feud since has, has been like, Obviously, there's just nothing you've said everything there was to say, really. And now it's like, well, you want to have sex with Brie Baker? And like, I don't care, man. <laughs> like, I don't, it's a nice insult, but I don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it, we're throwing it, insults back and forth. I think, I think that that was sort of a, that first 20 minute interaction was more of a test for MJF, which I don't know why you would test him. He was going to pass the test. Mm-hmm. Um, he just is very talented. That's just all He's you can say about it. 
And then I think from there, I don't think they necessarily blown their load because they still have to get to the match. So it's like you that's a strong premise. You start off with a very strong premise. You give me all the setup stuff and then you're going to give me your punchline is how I would think about it comedically. Um, so I haven't disliked the setup thus far because, yes, we've set things very high. But thankfully, because MJF doesn't really wrestle. CM Punk has been wrestling and that's been giving uh, MJF things to work with and things to call out, uh, which I can greatly appreciate. And then whenever they choose to lock horns, uh, I think it'll I think it'll be very, very good. Uh, yeah, no, I think so too. I think, uh, again, I think MJF proven he's really good in the ring. We know CM Punk is still good in the ring, even if he has lost a step since his prime. I think he is. I, I think the match is going to be very good as well. I just, like like you said, I think one thing, um, I give WWE credit whenever they do these workshop, pr- workshop promos, these long workshop, you know, 10, 15 minute promos, they usually, that's a go home show promo. And I do think that's kind of the way to do it. That's when you peak interest, if you will. Um, in here, in here, I'm assuming this is the oh, build-up to whatever the first pay-per-view or AW is going to have um, in the next year. I think they have something going on in January. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I'm assuming we still have weeks to go. So and like I said, I just personally have not been as entertained by their back and forths in the in the week since, which does not take away anything away from the original promo, which one of the best promo battles. Um, uh, definitely of the year, uh, if not of the past in, year. In, yeah, in some time. It's been a while since you've had two individuals go back and forth like that. Really, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, like CM Punk was doing that on the regular, like EW. So it's kind of just like, okay, when was the last time you really saw back and forth like that? That actually really mattered. Not one, not Edge cutting an amazing promo by himself. We're not talking about that. Talking about actual back and forth, I'd have to like. There's probably been something in between. I won't say there has not been, but I'm like, oh, okay, maybe Punk Cena, Punk Triple H, Punk burying Kevin Nash, like Punk Vince McMahon, like all the, you know, when a lot of those in a lot of those instances, which this is this is very, very funny. And it's kind of cute because in those situations, Punk was more the MJF. And MJF has referenced this, like, you know, that was my guy. Yeah. So, so, but hey, but time gets all of us. So that, that was only bound to happen. But I think uh, there have been other back and forth. Oftentimes, I don't really care for the back and forth. Ruby Soho and Britt Baker had a pretty good one, but that was more, we had never seen Ruby really talk like that. Or, you know, so that was kind of a cool thing. Um, I, got, so, I, got, I mean, I think um, the, the Miz and, the, and Daniel Bryan had a few good back and forth, especially when they came back. The matches didn't live up to the hype, so people don't remember the promos, but the promos were really good. One underrated one that I always remember was the 2016 promo battle between Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler. Again, disappointing match at SummerSlam, but they had, they had a promo against each other, uh, which I thought was really brilliant. The whole, you know, you're going to steal the show and then everybody's going to forget about you. I thought it was just a great, great line. Uh, from Dean Ambrose at that time. Um, so there have been some good ones, but no, this is absolutely up there. Not comparable. Yeah, there have been good ones, but they're not, not comparable. Only more so because they were given the time to do it. You know, sure. again, yeah. I don't generally care too much for back and forth all like that. I certainly don't care for 20-minute ones, but they pulled it off spectacularly, and I would like to not see it again for a while because see, of what that moment was. I think to me, the fact that they were able to keep me entertained for 18 minutes is extremely impressive. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't make it to me better than a good five minute one, but the fact it, it does make it more impressive. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I, I, yes. I would put them on the on the same on the same level, yes. but yeah. what they accomplished was more impressive. Yes. It's, um, it's 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 like it's I like a feature. Say, and I know it's you're a feature. Me. Go ahead. Uh-huh. It's a 
it's a feature set compared to a really good five minute set. That's right. Uh, and uh, I gotta say, I know you're gonna disagree with me, but I thought what Edge and the Miz have been doing uh, is not maybe not on the level, but not too far behind. I have been very entertained by the Edge and the Miz feud and uh, and the back and forth. It's not bad. It's been good. I don't take Miz seriously. So that's kind of the thing with me at any point in time. And anytime they've had the opportunity to make him more legitimate, they've screwed it up, not him. So he's just a character I don't take seriously in that way. That's fair. Um, I, I like it. And again, the fact that and the one thing that they did that and now, again, I kind of see I think I can see things a mile away with this, with what's going to happen. But uh, at least they're there. They have been slow besides them just trading insults they've actually been progressing the story and the story that they're progressing now with uh with um uh marie slapping miz on the on mm-hmm. the recent rise like okay that's another little step and that's the thing that again we don't give wwe enough credit but when they tell a story they do they can tell the story with like little steps little changes here and there it's not w w- it's not wwe doing that it's specific wrestlers like edge being like here's what we're doing so mm-hmm. like look at with those little steps yes those little nuances those little steps that are so integral that is missing from 95 98 percent of the stuff they do let's say it's 75 those, it's, because it's because those, because it's, it's, those, it's quite a lot. A, a handful, no, it's a handful of wrestlers who can make those things happen because they appear to have a relationship with Vince the Moit that they get to work within that micromanagement a little bit differently. There's only a handful of them that can actually do that, right? You got Brock, you maybe have Seth, you have Edge. Um, I don't know that you have the Miz, quite frankly. You have yes, Roman, Roman, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like, all right, yeah, you have a handful of those guys. So 90 well, you have back you have back as well. 98% of the times you do you that you don't have that. So so yes, you can get those moments where they can give you more, but it's certain wrestlers giving you more. Other than that, you're going to have stuff like the demon falling off the the top rope cuz it collapses so he can lose twice to Roman Reigns and then go to Raw and then lose every night to do whatever he needs to do. So that's what you generally have there. Fair enough. Um, let's move on. I think we already have moved on to, to speaking about WWE. Like I said, I have been enjoying the Miz and Edge storyline. I think, uh, with, I think this is a false flag. I think, uh, in the end, we're going to, you know, wonder if Maurice is going to betray the Miz. Of course, in the end, she's going to come down and kick Edge in the balls and Miz mm-hmm. is going to win, setting up for a uh, uh, Beth Phoenix comeback. Beth Phoenix, of course, recently left her job as an NXT uh, call desk commentator, who I enjoyed. I, th- I thought she started off, like most people who are first-time com- commentators, started off rough, eventually got really good at it. Um, really enjoyed uh, Wade Barrett, Vic Joseph, and Beth, Fe- and Beth Phoenix together. Uh, Vic Joseph and um, Wade Barrett are still good. Uh, not sure if they need a third person, but you know, I thought Beth was doing a good job by the time she left. Uh, excited to see her back in the ring with uh, and, and her and Edge. I think Miz and Maurice when they're cutting promos, man. I one of you talk about great promo build. I just remembered. I think what the Miz did for the WrestleMania 32 build up for John Cena and uh, and uh, uh, Nikki Bella, I, a few I could not care less about. They they just they, well maybe one of the greatest one man promo builds in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, it, was, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of vignettes of him, uh, you know, dressing up as Cena and making fun of him. And, and Daniel Bryan also, and Daniel Bryan yeah. called a few trades as well because yeah. of course he was on the show. I I thought that was some of the best, like just j- that was like when Miz elevated for me as a top tier heel. I I, I was extremely entertained by him and top tier entertainer. Um, so yeah, so I'm enjoying that feud. I'm also uh, speaking positively of on Raw before I, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll dump all over it. I have been enjoying the main event feud again. You talk about these steps by steps by steps. The way we've been slowly building up from. Uh, what was supposed to be a one-on-one match that Seth Rollins finally won after all this 
He spent the whole 2021. I won the World Talent Shot. I won the World Talent Shot. Finally got, gets it. Now Kevin Owens is at it because he's, he played Seth Rollins. Now Bobby Lashley gets at it. He doesn't need to play anyone. He's just a physical, the most dominant physical specimen on the roster. I think everybody looks good. Everybody's playing their character. The story keeps developing. Uh, the one person, I know we're going to bring it up, so let me be before you. The one person that's not really doing any favors is Big E because he's just kind of being portrayed as uh, as, as, as a babyface with odds stacked against him. If he wins... That's his character, and I think that's fine. So, I, but I think at least all the heels have been looking good and very entertaining. It, it went exactly how I said it was going to go to the run of Big E to this point. It's gone exactly how I felt like it would go. To be fair, though, I, I have no issue with the babyface having the odds stacked against them. That's mm-hmm. why when they win in the end, that's why it's impressive. I will co-sign that. I have enjoyed what they've done on the main event uh, scene because they understood Seth Rollins at this point is just not enough. Uh, they understand that Kevin, oh, we can use Kevin Owens with whatever happens with his contract is whatever. He's still a top guy in our company. Let's use him appropriately. And then they got back to business uh, with Bobby Lashley. Um, and I thought last night was a great example of that. I thought the week prior to that was a great example of that. No, nobody should be fucking up Bobby Lashley all like that. You beat him. You get by him at best. But he destroys everyone. Um, uh, so I've, I've appreciated that last night. I thought they did a good job of just trying to reestablish him after he just ate a nonsensical loss to Goldberg for no reason. Um, but I think they've done a good job with that. I, as far as big egos, look, I mean, Hey, you know, he's just a guy who appears to be there. Who's WWE champion. He did have a good cage match with Kevin Owens uh, last week, but again, he have good matches. He it just, yeah. his character is a little bland when compared yeah. to the rest. And that, even again, when a guy's like that, when you have a guy like that, who you're still developing, who is not that much different than, than an Adam page in terms of, where they're at and what you do with that time. This is why you don't have him eat stupid losses. This is why you don't do the shit they did at Survivor Series, which I told you they would do the moment he won that title. I don't give a damn how good the match was. And it wasn't that great anyway, to be honest. It was very good. It was a, it it was, was a great match. It was, it was, it was very match. good. I'm sorry. It was That's very good. You guys, cap, you guys cap. And you guys cap. You guys cap. You guys cap. You cap. You know why? You know why it was very good? Because you... Because again, this sports entertainment nonsense. No, the story was wrong. The story was wrong. So you can give me all the things that you want to do, bell to bell, but the story was all wrong and it does no one any favors. But it's only in service of one person to the detriment of another supposed world champion who then has to go on. The show. So now, yeah, Big E looks weaker and, and doing shit and eating losses he shouldn't have had to eat. He, sh- he should have lost to Bobby Lashley last night, and that should have been his first L since he won that damn title. That's how it should have gone. Instead, we wasted it, but thankfully, everyone, all four gentlemen in that situation are talented and are playing their part, and Big E can overcome them all on day one, or Seth can win and then, you know, do whatever. But What else is happening on Raw that we want to talk about? So like I said, the main event uh, so, so very, no, another, has been good. Uh, another thing is another thing they I mean I mean they've kind of shot themselves in the foot thankfully the individual's talented and they believe in him Damian Priest who's been mm-hmm. the United States champion for about 8 months now so again I love long title reigns that make sense like let's be let's let me be very clear I'm a fan of long title reigns that make sense when they don't make sense and you're just doing it to do it they become very boring look at smackdown but when you actually are trying to do something with the guy and also at the same time build up a title into their to their credit, the United States titles, one of the titles is secondary. They've kept very strong over the past almost two years now. You cannot say the same for the Intercontinental title. But so I think they've done a very good job of 
building him, but they haven't really explained enough of him up top when they did this whole like, oh, you you want the priest. You don't want Damien. They have they didn't explain it well. They just no. didn't explain it at all. And they so, don't know what they're doing with him because right. I don't know if he's a babyface or a heel. I thought he had right. a heel turn at Survivor Series and then now he's back to teaming with Finn Balor as a babyface. I'm not sure right. what they're doing there. Well, yeah, so it's it's one of those things. They don't they're look, if you want to Rhea Ripley him, you can. Like, I mean, if you don't know your elbow from your asshole, then that's that's what it appears to be when realistically the the problem with that turn, or not even that turn, this uh character development, and I put that in quotation, one, no explanation, no explanation. And that's not it. character no. development. That's that's a gimmick. Yeah. That's a number gimmick. Number two, number two. There was no explanation to the audience. Number three, they just showed the audience did not know who was coming out because they totally changed his theme music. You had this audience that was conditioned to expect Damien, Damien Priest, and they popped for his music because that's how audiences work. And all of a sudden you give him music that's worse than the music that he had previously, but it's going to get you over, kid. Yeah, they, 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 they want the priest. They don't want Damien. So in spite of that, he still put out really, really good matches. He still managed to in some way connect with the audience. I don't think it's quite the same level that it was before because his entrance music was cooler and it's more up-tempo and he could get a reaction out of that quicker. Um, but I'll be very interested to see what they do with that going forward. But from match quality perspective, I can at least appreciate that. So that's a thing that they've done right in sort of protecting him, uh, building him with, with some bumps along the way. So I can give them credit for that without question. And of course, RK bro is something that the people love. So that's been going well, I guess. Yeah. And the, and the tag teams have actually, they've actually like the tag team uh, division is, is back. Tag team wrestling is back in WWE. They're actually holding like tag team tournaments and they're making tag teams look strong. I mean, dirty dogs just beat, uh, you know, Damian Priest and Finn Balor as well. They should have, uh, cause the team should be the a random collection of baby faces. Um, yep. so no, I think, uh, I actually, my, what I'm trying to say this and I, and then this wasn't, I swear to God, this wasn't my intent before we started recording, but I think has raw has been good over the last couple of since we've been recording. They've had better episodes than SmackDown, I'd say. SmackDown's had some duds in there, but like, sure. but it's been, yeah. but it's been, and it's been, I, I, I will say it's been better than Dynamite. It's been, has it been better than Dynamite? Yeah, Dynamite. Here's the thing, Dynamite. It's been miss to me. No, well, yeah, but but here's the thing, Dynamite doesn't have. Uh, they haven't built up a lot of bad faith amongst the audience, right? Oh, of so really so is. so it's like they can just have a solid show, and you'd be like, okay, well, that was fine. That wasn't like amazing. Whereas WWE is they giving you too much bad for a collection of years, so we view their product differently. So right. that, that, that's admitting the implicit bias, but the implicit bias isn't coming out of nowhere. It's well no, no, no well we, we talked about this conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, maybe since last time we recorded, maybe they've had the best wrestling shows of Raw. But I think that's, that's thank you. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's my yeah. my experience. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I think it's so incumbent upon them because it's three hours. You kind of have to. You just you just you have to give us something. I mean, so they've been doing a better job of giving us wrestling with less talking and the people they put in the ring for the most part are, are, are good. Uh, Dewdrop and Bianca Belair have been working well. Um, Liv Morgan has been getting her opportunity to eat more losses, but at least she's like buying for the title, I guess. Um, keep in mind, Liv Morgan was way more over at one point and then they just, <laughs> I don't know that's true, but okay. Keep, Keep in mind, she was actually. She was. Actually I mean, she way just made it her first first time. She's made it she, her first show ever. Yeah, I know. And I know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And she. And we'll she, lost, she How about this? We'll see. We'll see what happens in day one because I can. I can promise you, with day one when she comes out, the crowd's going to cheer for her. 
I have no doubt they'll cheer for her. I'm just saying. So, that's, so, then, the, so, so then they've done a good job yeah. building her up. No, no, no. You can still you can be over, but the pop's not as big. It happens. <laughs> look at Damian Priest. <laughs> like, look at Damian Priest. Like, they, these are things that happen. I mean, look at Bianca Belair. These are things that happen. You Bianca Belair just got over. huge pop. I mean, I, mean still... was, I don't know if it's more for, for a move, not for her, but when she hit that 450, the crowd, that no. was like one of the biggest pops yeah. last night. Period. That was, yeah, because it was an impressive move by an impressive woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. So they're keeping your they, they're doing their best. Yeah, and, and that's let's be in, honest. In, 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 in spite of themselves. It's a good good test. You have to you have to keep somebody hot when they're not in the title picture, when they're working a secondary program. Can you stay hot? And right now Bianca is passing that test. That's a new test for her, and right now she's passing it. Yeah, she was. Hey, she won an SB. I had never had doubts she, about she, it. She, 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 she won. She, she, she won an SB last year. Some of these tests that they are putting her through are ridiculous. But I understand. It's still good that you do it. But it's like, yeah, but there's only there's only two women in that company that can go on I mean, ESPN yeah, yeah. and and have some name recognition. Becky maybe being a third because she's Becky Lynch. But like, you know, mm. bro, how many people have been in and out of AEW's main event scene? With the main event once and then back to the mid card. It's it, it, I'm just I'm saying if that's they cannot be the, the we cannot be holding WWE super accountable and go Jungle Boy main event back to the then back to the majors or Orange Cassidy was in the main event Pac even like they they, they do this all the time so I'm just saying it's, no no it's, no it's, what you're saying so so no but, no but see no but you're wrong there because when you when you say because you said Jungle yeah. Boy Jungle Boy didn't main event a pay per view he did you not get, you he get you get you get Orange Cassidy versus Pac but that was more of a situation where you needed to. You need, like, based on those two individuals, you had to put them in that situation because Kenny needed people to fight, right? Now, off the strength of that, it's not like they got less over as a result of that. Like, they, they just had Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy's, Cassidy. Orange Cassidy's and, definitely not because of, not because, no, 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 not because of that match. Because, like I said, up top, that's about his trajectory. Like, mm-hmm. he can't go any higher. Also, it's important to recognize that a lot of the gassing that was happening with Orange Cassidy, while justified, was happening at Daly's place during a during quarantine. So, oh, like, it, it, well, now if, you're... If, if we're being honest, let's be honest. Liv Morgan is in the same boat, bro. Now, I, was, I was thinking Liv Morgan is particularly now, talented. Now, as his now, now we're getting a bigger and greater sample size. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what that is right there. And Pac, the main thing that slowed Pac up Injuries and travel issues. So it's like, you know, you're going to have that. Right. But they didn't just pull it back. My point being, it's companies do that. That's okay. They're not doing anything. I don't think they're doing anything egregious with Bianca Belair right now, to be honest with you. No, not, no, not no more. They stopped once, <laughs> once she couldn't win. Yeah. Fair so yeah, okay. when she, once, once, um, she, once everyone found out she could not win and be a champion, then it's like, okay, we'll give her something else to do. That's reasonable. And yeah, and listen, having good matches with Dutrop, I mean, they have filed a trademark for Piper Nivens, so hopefully the name change is finally coming. Uh, but again, I think this is a, it's been a really good secondary female feud to keep two really talented women both on TV, having good matches that the crowd is into, and, and, and giving them something to do, and keeping them both as credible threats for that title in the, in the near future. Yeah, they not, though. Maybe Dutrop. Piper Nivens. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. it's been this. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think you need, I think really you need to let that go. You think Vince gonna do something that is anti-Vince? Her name is Dewdrop. You need to just accept this. I, they, I'm just, being hopefully filed the trademark. Why would they file a trademark for you the name? You need to name? accept the fact that this motherfucker is fat shaming this woman and is and is, <laughs> and is degrading her. Dewdrop. <laughs> You, yeah. you might be right, man. It's not, it's not against Vince. Oh, oh, while we're talking about Vince, should we talk about Austin Theory? You got anything interesting to say there? Nah. I don't I like really. Him, I think he's talented. I just want to say he's a talented, dude. I respect what he's doing. I think Vince 
at this point in the year of our Lord 2021, I do not need to see Vince McMahon on TV. Uh, but uh, Austin has been entertaining. I don't hate it. A lot of people are, again, I understand why, because Finn Balor, we all love Finn Balor. I think we got to accept it that Finn Balor is going to be a mid-carder, and right now he's this a is, see, this is what I, see, I told you this. <laughs> this he is did, what I told did, you. I did, said did. from the outset, you're going to bring him up to the main roster just to beat him all the time, and that is what they have done. That, that is, is what, and I told you, as I said, listen, there can that, be no, no winning he's, here. He's, he's you said no. Yeah, you'd be like, no there's, some, yeah. Th- no, there's something here that we can pull from. I told you people that this would happen. God well, damn it. To be fair, to be fair, they put him on, they brought him up. They gave him, a, I thought, a good main event feud, like very, again, interesting feud. They put him in the middle with John Cena, et cetera, et cetera. And then they, they've been doing what you said they would. So, uh, on some, it is what it is. Um, again, I just want to say, I think Austin Theory has been entertaining having to carry segments with uh with the company ceo is a motherfucker uh especially for well, especially, especially when especially when vince is washed well that's what so i'm saying he, that's, yeah. what, that's what i'm saying he has to carry yeah. those fucking segments yep. and, yeah. and, and and like he has been doing his best man so i shout out to it that dude man hey that, listen man's, man's man's might be world champion within three years so it's like all right Boston Bro, theory. For, for making these segments bearable he might fucking deserve you say, it, man. You say you say bearable, all right? Bear, bearable, bearable. Um, okay. Maybe I'm being too nice, though. Uh, speaking of bearable, let's talk about SmackDown. Uh, one thing I will say: this we talked about Daniel Bryan Danielson earlier, and I think you know when we talk about people operating at a high level, I think maybe the only person operating on the same level as far as overall, not just like in ring, but also as a character, as a promo, as just all around wrestler. The only other person operating at that level is Brock Lesnar. And I say that because that dude was one of the best heels for a little while, especially like an unstoppable monster heel. And apparently this dude can be a lovable baby face, which has blown my fucking mind. Uh, the fact that Sami Zayn is good, is not, it's easy. I could have told you that Sami Zayn is a national treasure. And quite frankly, um, he's he's nailing in this part. Part of me who that loves Sami Zayn wants to see him be more credible and, and winning the championship. That's not his part. That's not so I can't be mad at that, especially when he gets, you know, the 20 minutes, 30 minutes of TV time with Brock Lesnar. Um, so he's definitely not being buried or anything like that. I think he's playing his part beautifully. I think Brock Lesnar as a baby face has been an absolute revelation. Rele- uh, uh, and I think him versus Roman Reigns again. I'm sorry, I know you hate it. I'm excited to see it because you have a guy who, yes, it took the entire company putting their weights behind him to make him a good heel. He's a good heel. You have a guy now who's just somehow has been a great baby face in a way we've never seen him in his 20-year career. They're, and they're money. They're, they just are. They're, they, you know. Well, you, so you, you, you would love some mid. So this is not surprising to me. Uh, as it relates to Brock, yes, Brock is doing a very, very good job as a babyface. Not surprising to me because I do remember the stuff that he did with Kurt Angle, um, mm-hmm. you know, sure. after, you know, when he was a babyface after WrestleMania 19 and the lead up to all that, seeing him turn heel. Then, you know, I, so I've seen him be a babyface before and and be pretty good at it, I think, because he's just older. So he's overall a better overall professional wrestler. Uh, that he's able to pull it off a lot more convincingly. He's also a lot more established. I mean, that was Brock Lesnar before he was UFC World's Heavyweight Champion. So uh, this is like the ultimate, you know, killer babyface. You know, this is literally like, you know, fucking John McClane or some shit. So I think that's been cool um, in terms of the match with Roman. I mean, I'm not, I just think Roman's reign is boring at this point. Um now, they could do something interesting with it, obviously. If they're really trying to get time out of this thing, then, you know, 
Brock should win at day one, but he shouldn't win the title. So, you know, if they, but, but, but that's not how they've done things. Everything's sort of just been in service to one man as it has been for over a decade now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's what that is. Sami Zayn is excellent. Um, he is tremendous. He is also, he, the word, the best thing that can happen is when a heel is right. And there has been an active conspiracy against <laughs> Sami Zayn. And we need to stop with the lies. We need to stop with all of this and get down to the real truth of it all. You saw the chairman. You saw this washed old man. Screw Sami Zayn. Screw him. Screw Sami. And Sami had to do all that to then get a title shot, to then be destroyed by a person who we love to see destroy people. Um, so that's been cool. Other than that, though, I mean, on on, on that, on Right now, I can say the world title picture on Raw is way more interesting to me than the world title picture on SmackDown. I, I've, se- I've seen I've seen that match. I've seen them do, they can do it in any iteration, but um, one of the characters is not nearly as compelling as everyone wants me to believe that he is. He's, but he is the best that he's ever been. But he is the best that he's ever been. Both these things can be true. Um, also, you know, he's having a long title run just to have a long title run, and I don't find that interesting. I agree with you at this point. Uh, uh, it really does feel like, I mean, we know, we know they're eventually building to uh, Drew Mac there. Oh, and the one thing we have to mention, talking about SmackDown, uh, we forgot to mention up top, but, um, you know, I do think uh, WWE kind of got screwed a little bit um, because they were clearly building to uh, Jeff Hardy versus Roman Reigns. So with the rumors, uh, obviously that's no longer happening. Um, which want to say, you know, it looks like supposedly, according to his brother, Jeff is, uh, is doing well. And that's all that matters right now. We're not going to speculate on, uh, you know, where he ends up, where, where he goes. That's not really what this is about. I will say this, though. They clearly gave him a Survivor Series spot for a reason, uh, where, you know, he was the last, he ended up losing the match, but he was the last Survivor from SmackDown. Uh, they were clearly putting things in motion. They gave him a Broken Skull Session thing. They He was mentioning the interviews. He wants one last run. I think they were building to Roman Reigns versus Jeff Hardy as a way to eventually get to uh, Jeff Hardy, or oh, sorry, uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, who of course has become Jeff Hardy's friend. Uh, this is, I think, where we were going to. I think that we're still there. Maybe, maybe now we give Brock uh, a title just to have Roman come back and get it, and then we, you know, just to fill the time. I'm or not you sure. Could, or you could, doing. you could, or you could. This is why you. That's is why you keep multiple facets strong at one time because you also could have been doing more stuff with Shinsuke. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like you have, cause he does have a title for Christ's sake. So you could have been doing more stuff with that, building him up in an appropriate way. Um, not saying don't have him not feud with happy Corbin, but have him look stronger, have him do more things. So if that situation drops out, that's been the weirdest fucking thing to me about SmackDown. I do apologize for interrupting you, but yeah, no, but I share your sentiments. Exactly. I thought SmackDown, we all know Raw got a whole lot more talent in the draft than SmackDown did. So I thought, but I thought that could be a good thing potentially, right? Because now you're going to shine the light on more people and kind of give a little bit more people more time, including Shinsuke Nakamura, who you have, who like he can, I mean, come on, if you have time to fill, I don't Ama- know Ama- what's the worst the- than a 10, 15 minute Shinsuke Nakamura match. Shinsuke, not yeah. I mean, Shinsuke should be an individual. I'm the intercontinental champion. I should be the de facto at all times, number one contender for the universal title. And you can fill a month with that. And you have Boogs. So you have someone who's a heater for him, you know, and then, yeah, yeah, he's an underdog, but he's the champ, but he is a champion. So you could have done it in that way. Um, But they, they just, they chose not to. And honestly, it's so wild to me because it's like, 
because it, it, again, let's take away certain aspects that make him compelling. So he was wrestling a lot. He was fighting a lot and everything. He becomes King Nakamura. Da, 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 da. He wins the Intercontinental title. Da, da, da. He takes. OK, so so he's not really defending it, but he's on TV doing his thing. OK, well, let's take the King thing off him because King of the Ring. And that's a, you know, there can only be one King at one time. It's fucking stupid. And then we're just continued not him to have him defend the title and whatever else. And all we're doing is we're making it so obvious that Boogs eventually has to turn on Shinsuke. But you could do so much more interesting things before you get to that place. You know, you, you, you have to make have, me care. Right now, yes. if you them, I don't really care. I don't give a damn. So, and again, your 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 secondary champion, historically, when pro wrestling is done properly, should always be someone who could be a credible threat to the world's champion and 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 title reign alone. Because if you're the secondary champion, in theory, you are the de facto number one contender. If there are no other contenders around. Currently, you do not have that on SmackDown. And to be fair, oh, you don't have it. And to be fair, you don't have it on AEW because I don't believe in Sammy Guevara no goddamn way. And the men of the year pointed out something very accurate. You're giving out open challenges. Look at the rankings. Look at the rankings. So, no, SmackDown is not. They're not doing a good job of that. So, yeah, we build up to Jeff, but we created no backup plan. None. <laughs> no backup plan whatsoever. So now we're here with our dick in our hand. Looking like an asshole. So yeah, that's their fault. The only the only person you kept showing, I do have to push back. They have done a good job of building. Now again, I know you have no interest in seeing it, but they have done a good job of keeping Drew McIntyre strong, constantly having good matches and constantly winning clean on. Look, on, I, I, on I, I, look I love Drew. I love Drew. But what? Yeah, okay. Build him up. So what? He loses to Roman again. I see that. I see that. No, I don't yeah. agree with you necessarily. I don't. Yeah, it's. Uh, I. It's. It would be denialism to say that SmackDown, which again I thought was the best show for, I wouldn't even say through October was probably the best show on on TV, uh, and it's kind of have fallen off after the draft. Partially again, part of it was just they lost a lot of talent. Part of it was the the Roman's reign is getting boring, um, and and begin and, and the fact you're not really building up any credible challenges. I do think that his feud with Jeff Hardy, just by the virtue of the crowd being so into Jeff. Could have given us a couple of entertaining months. Uh, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That, they, that, that really definitely. just you know fucks them it over. It, yeah, it, no, yeah, it would it would have been great had they gotten to that point. Realistically, they should have gotten to that point sooner. But I understand that you want the crowd there for someone like Jeff Hardy. That's totally understandable to me because Jeff is like he's. I mean, you don't have that type of sustained, prolonged, like over with the crowd like Jeff. The you all you always root for Jeff. Jeff comes from an era where he's still one of the get he gets them 1990s baby face pops. It's different. It's different. Like he, he, you could do nothing with him, which we've seen historically. They put that music on and they, they, this, that's a 44 year old man at this point and girls still be screaming. OK, when he was the young upstart kid, he was the boy band. He's zaddy now. And they still they scream the same way. And dudes love him because he's like, yeah, he's the crazy white boy who will jump off anything. But like, you know, he'd be like an awesome friend, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, it, 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 I wish we could have gotten to that. Um, it certainly would have helped out Roman, uh, but you would. I, I think that in order to get there, they, you know. It is what it is now. Jeff is gone, but they would have had to even invest better in that. And Jeff would have I had like. Could, I thought they were starting doing a good job. I thought they, they again, with the Survivor Series thing, I thought they and, and again, even like stuff outside the ring building up his interest building up playing into hey this might be my last run i thought they were like to be honest i thought they were doing a pretty good job with them 
Um, you could have invested again in this month, and right now would be the time where you start giving him clean wins over, over nobody, exactly, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Exactly. While, and you, while you have Brock Lesnar take care of Roman, and then after day one, so between day one and Royal Rumble, you would have had the Jeff Hardy period. And, and if to you miss out on that, is, uh, that hurts. And if, and if you are obsessed with having a long-term heel champion for the purposes of just doing it, which is not a good enough reason, uh, if you're obsessed with that, and that is what you're, you have to constantly create challengers for them in much the same way that you would a baby face, right? A baby face, you can put a whole faction against the person, right? When done properly with a heel, the heel there constantly needs to be people vying for that title. Vader had that issue. Of course, the greatest example of this that I can think of short, like short term is Ric Flair. There was, especially in his during you know his NWA run, there was constantly people just just going for him all the time. And it wasn't just a singles guy. It was the U.S. champion. It was the freaking Road Warriors. Like at every point, there had to be viable threats. And SmackDown has done a poor job of of really doing that. And Jeff Hardy is a prime example of this because well, you be can't fair, just you can't just do. You can't just have one person at a time. You need to be building in the wings. Now you can make the case that, yeah, they're doing that with Drew, but okay, we're going to, we're going to jump the gun on that one just to waste it. No, you should have also done it with Shinsuke. You should have also done it with people like that. I I agree with you hundred percent. I will give them again. You have to give them credit when we talk about it. Like I do think they did a good job of doing that from what the what was it? I guess September last year. When, you know, Jay Uso storyline started until about September this year. So they did a good job of keeping keeping new challenges going for about a year. Of Not even so much new challenges. Yes. Roman, Roman, I mean, Roman, he was he would fight the same guy just over a course of two to three pay-per-views, which is fine. I think that that streak sort of ended with Cesaro. But it's like, yeah, but it was mostly just him fighting the same person like Kevin Owens. Let me fight this guy three times. Jay Uso, let me fight him uh, twice. Uh, Edge, Daniel Bryan, like that whole thing. That like I'm gonna fight these guys multiple times, and that and that's fine. But it's just like okay, cool. Then after Cesaro, there was nowhere to go. After Edge, it, was, it, it showed a lack of depth after a while, and it was only ever going to lead to that place. We were yep. only ever going to get there. Yep. No, I again, I 100 agree with you. They, they again, I, the fact that they kept going, they, and that's why I was saying SmackDown did such so so good, and I was such a big fan of Roman Reigns. Tyler Reign was the fact that they kept it interesting for me. And again, maybe you might disagree on this. For me, they kept it interesting until about after Extreme Rules, to be honest with you, because the build up to the team I thought was really well done from uh, the contract signing and John Cena's going on with Finn Balor. And then he's bringing out the demon. I thought the, the match right until the last 10 seconds was really good as well. So it was at that moment where I'm like, huh, okay, well, let's see where they go with it. And they didn't really go anywhere with it, unfortunately. Uh, maybe they go with King Woods now. I mean, they, you know, King Woods and, uh, and Roman Reigns have a unresolved issue. Um, so maybe, you, could, and, you know, he's Bill strong. Maybe that's your next guy. Then kind of, and I think he's probably the next over, most over baby face you have. On oh, that and, and all, yeah, and also, be, and, yeah, and, and let's be fair. King Woods had Roman Reigns beat. This so he come. does have a legitimate case of that. And again, if you want to do it, you can still look. I mean, you might as well do the hat trick. Just have him beat all the New Day. I mean, that's where you're going anywhere. Buy yourself some time. Do it that way. Kofi is another one. He's beloved. You'll love to watch Kofi get murdered. You love this, Vince. Make it happen. Um, and then with King Woods, yeah, Xavier's very over. So why not? You know what I'm saying? Why not? 
Yeah, listen, why not give him uh, his first uh, headlining uh, match on the pay-per-view? Um, I think we've done enough talk about WWE main roster. Uh, anything else you want to say about the day one build at all? I think we I think we covered it. I think, yeah, I think I'm, this is good. Okay. Uh, we just want to touch on really quickly before before we move on. Uh, NXT War Games happened again while we were away. I thought it was a very good pay-per-view. I thought it was... Uh, punching above its weight, to be honest with you, given you know NXT 2.0, it's uh, I think it's their first uh, quote unquote takeover, even though it's no longer called a takeover. Um, again, I really, really enjoyed it. I think we need to start talking about Imperium as one of the best tag teams in the world. Period. Uh, I get it, they're European, so you will refuse to give them credit, but yeah, <laughs> that's actually fair. That's actually very <laughs> they are incredibly good. Uh, if they weren't uh, mean looking, I think, uh we will be talking about them. Uh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> I, I, not Martin Batelli, the other one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm also maybe uh, an archer. Maybe an archer as as one of the the, the big baby faces because this dude's offense. He's incredible. He's like a mini Cesaro, man. He can fly around the ring. He is super strong for how uh, how big he is. Um, and they're just uh, amazing tag team, uh, tech, you know, technicians. Perfect for to be in the Imperium. Uh, you know, the Walters click. Um, I thought they had a tremendous match. With Kyle O'Reilly and uh, and Juan Wagner, but easily the best thing Juan Wagner has been a part of up to this point. And it'll be the best thing that he's a part of for some time. It, it very I mean, well me, you guys, you guys better get ready to be forced to to see Von Wagner as a credible threat on your television. He's a big dude. He looks like somebody who can beat you up. He just also is not particularly charismatic or well moving. Moves just like his daddy. That's all I got to say. If you're if you're if your daddy stunk as a pro wrestler, the chances of you stinking as a pro wrestler increase by 200 percent. I don't make the rules. I just happen to watch this shit. Yeah, so far, again, it's been it's been a rough go for one. Wagner. But again, the match at the, at the takeover was excellent. Um, and of course, I thought men's war games. I got to just was going to come out and say one of my favorite matches of the year. I thought it was. A barn burner. I thought it was incredible. Um, it was everything you want from war games as far as being brutal, as far as having amazing spots, as far as people crashing through tables and doing moves you've never seen before. And, uh, and but on top of it, you had an amazing storyline, uh, you know, storytelling with uh, all it was basically all uh, Johnny Gargano, this is your life <laughs> a match. You had, you know, uh, remnants to DIY, you had uh, remnants to um. Uh, the way with Dexter Loomis showing up, and of course that paid off. It made sense in the storyline because he had issue with Carmelo Hayes. Um, I thought it was just a beautifully told story. I thought it was a very well done match, and I thought, listen, most importantly, you made Braun Breaker look like fucking money because that's mm-hmm. that is your money guy. Everybody looked good. Uh, I think Grayson Waller. I don't know why he doesn't get talked about as much as I think he needs to be talked about more. I think he he's looks ridiculous. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> I think he's that's a, why they don't talk about dude. it more. I thought he, he looks listen, ridiculous. Both him and Carmelo Hayes to me, I just like like they're all around talented dudes who I've mm-hmm. never heard of until I saw them on NXT. And like they can both wrestle really well, they can both talk real well, they both get their characters. They're just all around talents. You can put them on uh on uh, on main roster tomorrow and they'll you know be good on the mid carters. Um and of course, like I said, Braun Breaker is the future of, of of NXT, probably the future of WWE. So he, you know, you make him look strong at whatever the cost. And I thought that, like I said, I thought the War Games was just an excellent, excellent match. Yeah, I think that this is you shout to everybody involved in the male War Games, especially shout. I mean, honestly, man, if y'all don't start giving LA Knight some respect, I'm so tired of y'all. <laughs> like that man is just so talented, and it's a shame that he went to WWE when he did. I think <laughs> like hopefully. 
I, I hope they're paying him well. I hope because I don't I don't really see them doing too much with him, which is kind of ridiculous. He's in his late 30s. He can actually talk. He can talk as good as anyone on their roster. I'll make that prediction now. Nobody is going to crush man's on the microphone. Won't happen. Miz can't do it. Rollins can't do it. Edge can't do it. That man can talk because he's just naturally good at it. He's just very naturally good at it. Um, and he actually has swagger. He actually has charisma, uh, but they'll do nothing with it, it from what it seems. But I'll always appreciate the stuff they did with Cameron Grimes. Yeah, Braun Breaker looked amazing. Um, you know, uh, Pete Dunn looked great. Everybody looked great. Uh, Black Shawn Michaels, or as y'all call him, Carmelo Hayes, also looked very good. So uh, I think that with this NXT pay-per-view, part of me feels like, hey, man, like this is this is completing the transition. And uh uh, you know, uh, remember NXT for what it was because it ain't going to be that no more. It's over. So when you watch their other and you don't, if you don't feel anything behind it, it's because you're trying to compare it to what NXT was. And you'll always be wrong in that regard. There was a time period where NXT was the best wrestling promotion in North America, but that time was done. The moment they lost to AEW, Vince couldn't handle it so and so we are where we are um so when if you choose to go forward and watching NXT I gotta try to do this too so maybe I'm saying this to myself in the moments where I choose to potentially harm myself by watching this new NXT I have to understand that I I can compare it to the old NXT I can but that will consistently leave me in a stage of disappointment so I either make peace with what this new product is as its own or I just say, I just don't like this new product. That's just what it's going to come down to. I think that's what it's going to come down to for a lot of you as well. Uh, but we have to understand we can't look at it in terms of what NXT was. We, we just can't do that. I think there's enough entertaining characters that I appreciate. I mean, the match, it, it, I, I will put it this way. I think it's just as good for passive viewing as it was before. For active viewing, if you're looking for really in-depth storylines, I mean, they're, they're not, I mean, most promotions just don't get to get a feud. Like Gargano Ciampa, I don't think that's a coming ever again. Um, and and uh, you're not going to have, you know, a classic match every week uh, like you used to. I still think they have really entertaining characters. I think, again, as a passive viewing, like something I can watch while at work and kind of, oh, okay, this was fun. This was a cool promo. This was a cool match. They're still pretty good at old school storytelling. It's a little bit like impact to me in the sense that the storytelling is still good. You have a lot of like kind of, uh, you know, characters and it's a very character driven show. Um, and uh, you have, like I said, old school storytelling still still intact. And once in a while, you have a you know great match, but the, the talent depth is just not there to compete with the main roster and with AEWs of the world. Yeah, we don't need classic matches every week. You don't you don't need it actually. You should be mm -hmm. happy enough for good to great matches, but you don't need classics because if no, no, they're, I think, it, I think it'll be fine for you. Yeah. If, if that's what you're looking for, I think next will be fine. I, yeah. I enjoy the characters that they've given me. If you don't, that's that's a different topic. Von Wagner. Fair enough, but, 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 but hold up. Grace, but Grayson, one, Grayson Waller, who looks ridiculous, I that, if I haven't said Bob that yet. He look, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying he looks ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to see. I think, of course, Carmelo Hayes has a tremendous upside. I'm not – I'm not – even his manager, I think, is excellent. So, um, you know, I, I do worry. But, again, I, I personally worry about the L.A. Knights of the world, who's actually, like, better than all those guys. I and do Cameron worry Grimes about too. Yeah, I bear. I worry Cameron about the Grimes is better than all. Yeah, he's so just too, he's too good at making bad things good, so they keep going, keep giving him bad things. 
exactly. So it's like, I get worried. I, I just, I feel for them dudes because it's like, you never had your moment in the sun and not to the level of which you deserve. And, and mm-hmm. honestly, people are like, no, it's not, yo, man, if this, if, if the game was a meritocracy, some of these people would not be here. Um, especially when you have just two out and out talents like those two who made the million million dollar championship interesting again. Like I was amped for that match and everything they did over delivered. And now they will probably get nothing. Uh, at least they're still being featured for now. For now, at least, you know, let's get again, give credit. Yeah. credit let's do. Finn Balor's still being featured too. Yeah, he is. I, I, exactly. Um, you're not making, well, I mean, you disagree on that point. Um, I will say the last thing about war games. I just want to give a quick shout out to the women's war games match. I will not. That was also very good. That was, I thought thought that was very good. And then people got called out for it. I thought it got extra hate. Uh, I thought it was some of the coolest. I mean, I thought what they did with Cora J was beautiful. I thought the story time was done. And like I said, uh, Io Shirai playing doctor and popping uh, Cora J's shoulder was maybe some of the cool, one of my favorite moments of the year, period. So, uh, there, I'm not going to say there wasn't any slappiness because, of course, there was. The women's division, a lot of these women are new. They're just, and it's a war games match, too. I was about so to say, it should be a little sloppy. Happen. It has to, it should be a little, like a match like that, it should be a little sloppy. It shouldn't be perfect. It just shouldn't. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, and I agree with you. I think some of the hate that they're getting was like kind of undue, especially it's like, yo, man, like they, they were told, they were tasked, hey, you know what? Hey, no biggie. Um, please. Why don't you just go out there and give us like 30, you yeah. know, give us like 25, 30. It's like, Hey man, what do you come on? And they're already, they have to remember spots. It's not like it was back. Some, some places you can still call shit on the fly, but most wrestling isn't, they call everything. Like that's a lot to remember. That's a lot to keep in. So yeah, I think a lot of people were being like unnecessary. It's like, you use, use hate. I enjoyed it. That's again, yeah. that, and that's also what it comes down to, man. And that's all you know. We, I, I do, I check all my ratings and all that shit that, that makes me hate the internet, but and but and opinions. But like, any the other day, man, I'll watch the shit when you, like I said, you sure I thought they made Cora J look like a million dollars, which was the point of the match. I was entertained by it. I think you're sure I playing doctor, like I said, was one of the coolest things I've seen this year in the wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, <laughs> listen, uh, I've seen you guys give five stars to war- matches that were worse than this, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, and this is why this is why you've never heard me talk about match rankings. You've never heard me do a star rating ever because I'm like, I don't. That's why people talk oh, about Meltzer. I'm like, I, look, man, I don't know what that none of that stuff means. And I don't think some of y'all do either. <laughs> so it's just like that's just what I will. That's just what I will say. You know what I'm saying? It, sometimes the impact of the match is is means more outside of oh they did this thing and that what was the impact of this match this is why we talk about like we talked about jay white versus koto ibushi at the beginning of the year and we still will be like no that appears to and be we're going to talk about it next week too yeah you know so it's like because it's like the impact of that was so significant um because what we saw was a baby face and jay white trying to stop a madman and koto ibushi from ruining <laughs> the main event and only shingo takashi could save it <laughs> so <laughs> We are 100% right. Uh, before we go, we've been here for a while. We have yet to talk about uh, the pay-per-view that took place most recently. Um, an important pay-per-view, I'll be honest, guys, I have not seen it yet. Just, again, been a little bit too busy, but I also told you you have. Uh, please give people your summary of what could be the very last uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view, uh, Ring of Honor, the final battle. Man, it should make me so sad. For the record, it's important to note that for the past 20 years, there's been no more important professional wrestling company in North America than Ring of Honor. Uh, all the Ring of Honor guys are all over your favorite professional wrestling screens. Most of them have worked on top or working on top. 
Um, Ring of Honor did help make the professional wrestling industry better during a time period when it was desperately needed. Uh, you know, TNA wasn't that big yet. Uh, you know, they were still trying to do these like rinky dink ECW reunion shows that really, you know, you didn't need to see if you wanted a nostalgia kick or whatever, but ring of honors concept of pro wrestling. Like that's just what it was. Cause there wasn't a lot of it, man. There's wasn't a lot of it. We just weren't getting a lot and we weren't getting the type of pro wrestling that was just that. And they provided that. So I, uh, I haven't ordered a ring of honor pay-per-view in years. I'll be honest with you. I would always try to uh, find other ways to watch it or watch it when they chose to give it away for free on YouTube. But I did order ring of honor final battle and it was well worth the money. I was not disappointed at all. Um, everyone worked incredibly, incredibly hard. I appreciate an honorable mention to the ring of honor, uh, six man tag team titles of uh, the last champions were the righteous, which is bitches Bateman, uh, and, and Dutch, um, uh, You'll probably never, unless AEW does a trios title, man. Hey, man, them, them six, them world six man tag team championships hard to come by in modern pro wrestling. So you might want to chalk that. Remember that shit for what it was. They had an excellent match against Shane Taylor Promotions that did just what it needed to in six minutes. Um, so you know, and then they even had matches that I just wasn't even expecting to enjoy that I enjoyed. Uh, PJ back, Flip Gordon, uh, Brian Melosis, the Beer City Bruiser. And World Fabulous C, uh, CB had a match against LSG, Sledge, Max the Impaler, Demonic, uh, Flamata, and Wolf Ferreira. And that was a 10-man tag team match that was just fun. Like, it just wound up being – and it was still very much in the sense of, like, this – this what this new school Ring of Honor uh, has been as of late. Uh, you got my personal favorite, Dragon Lee, had a really fun match um, against uh, Ray Horace. So I was happy to see Dragon Lee and all of, like – uh, you know, all of that whole faction, the thing that they were able to do in the lead up to the pandemic, you know, him, Roosh, really, really carrying, helping carry Ring of Honor during that time period. And then even during the pandemic, when they were finally able to, you know, be active again, I think we have to really sort of look back and, and sort of give our flowers to to what guys like Dragon Lee and Roosh were able to do during, during that time period. And want to give a big shout out to Rhett Titus who is the new Ring of Honor World's Television Champion. That is his first singles title. And Rhett Titus, he's been with Ring of Honor, and he just stayed there. So he's never gone anywhere. He's been a tag team champion a few times. He's come back from some really gnarly knee injuries. So to see him win the title was really cool. He also beat some personal favorites of mine, Dalton Castle, Silas Young, and Joe Hendry. I think all of them dudes are really cool. To be honest... I was rooting for the last real man in professional wrestling, Silas Young, to pick up the victory. But because I just didn't see it, like, oh, Rhett, they never won ever. So it was like, but to see Rhett win was really, really cool. Uh, Josh Woods, who I'm a big fan of now, I have been when he was going back and forth with Josh and Gre Jonathan Gresham for the uh, Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Uh, he, he won. He defeated Brian Johnson by technical submission. Uh, pure wrestling in Ring of Honor is just a really neat concept they have. And, and during the pandemic, they really got to get back to that. And uh, shout out to Jonathan Gresham for doing everything that he could, especially when guys like Roosh and everything with travel restrictions were not able to get over here. That Ring of Honor pure title, which was elevated to the Ring of Honor uh, pure world's uh, championship, uh, was really, really important for them. And, uh, you know, he really, uh, Josh knocked it out the park wherever he goes. He's going to be fantastic. Um, he's very young. He's very, very talented. And then Kenny King had the best match of his fucking life <laughs> against uh, Shane Taylor. 
uh, was a fight without honor. So basically like a no holes barred, no DQ match, whatever else. Shane Taylor is very, very talented, big dude who can move pretty well. So whatever Shane Taylor promotion chooses to do uh, next will be very interesting. He doesn't seem like a company guy to me because he doesn't appear rightfully. So he doesn't really like the nonsense that goes on within the professional wrestling industry. He seems like the type of guy that if he had a partner, he'd start his own wrestling company. Um, that's just my two cents for that. But they had an amazing, amazing match. Uh, like uh, I'll, I'll never forget. It was a cradle pile driver on, on a steel barricade, like through, it, just insane stuff. And Kenny King has been a fantastic athlete. Never really loved him too much as a worker. Uh, but this was by far the best match that I've ever seen him in. Roxy uh, beat Willow Nightingale. Uh, so she has retained her ROH uh, Women's World's title. I'm a big fan of Roxy. I think she's really cool. Um, the more I get to watch her, the more I like her. So I get to, I hope I get to see more of that. Violence Unlimited won an eight-man tag match. Uh, it's Brody King, Homicide, Tony Deppin, and Rocky Romero. Um, they beat EC3. Uh Eli uh, uh, Isom, Taylor Rust, and Tracy Williams by pinfall. And then, of course, that's when we saw Adam Scher, formerly known as Braun Strowman. So that was kind of a cool uh, piece of business there. You know, um, so it looks like Adam will be wrestling after all. <laughs> um, which, you know, hey, man, if your knees can handle it and you enjoy doing it, why not? You know, uh, because you do have a name. Uh, and the match, one of the matches I was really looking forward to was uh, the Briscoes versus UGK. And that thing did not disappoint. You had the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark, defeating Matt Taven and Michael Bennett for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Uh, I thought that this it was only appropriate that the Briscoes win the titles for the 12th time. Uh, people really forget how good. I mean, Mark is excellent. Jay, Jay's so good. He had a singles run that just was amazing. You know, he's just an amazing worker. Uh, one of the worst things WWE ever did was not seeing value in those guys because they're awesome. How do you not be like, yeah, let's pay you guys to get you off the chicken farm and, you know, come on the road with us. You'll only make our product better. So whatever they choose to do, man, I know they're the GCW World Tag Team Champions currently. They're going to be gangbusters at all times. Um, and it was really cool to see Matt Taven and, and, and Michael Bennett, two guys who've gotten so much better over the years, especially Mike Bennett. I remember there was a time they called Mike Bennett nothing but a body guy. And I think it needs to be said this. He shut so many people up. I'm really happy for him after that, especially like, you know, learning how to live with addiction and, you know, not be a slave to it. Um, the great match that he had with Nick Aldis for the NWA World's title. That was just excellent when, when there couldn't be fans nowhere. That was I think Bennett's best match. And for that year, a match that all this really needed one of his better matches of the year. So I thought that was great. And then that brought us to the main event, which I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. I wanted Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito so bad because I love Bandito and I love Jonathan Gresham and I cannot describe how cool that would have been. Unfortunately, Bandito, as we know, uh, caught COVID, so he was not able to be there and defend his Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Championship. So we went with an audible. I thought it would have been Dragon Lee um, because he was a long-reigning television champion, but they chose to go with, and how could they not, um, Jay Lethal, their franchise guy, versus Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Championship, and they brought back the original Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Championship uh, to be to be defended, and it was a great match. Um, Gresham and lethal always work very fast to me. Uh, they know how to sell, but they still work fast. They just, they're Jonathan Gresham is just like 
He's the best worker in their company. One of the best workers in the world, period. But they always kind of work fast to me. So they do a lot in 15 minutes. It, it, it didn't feel like 15 minutes. But these guys worked at such a pace that it was like, man, you, you could have done this in 25. You could have slowed down a little bit more. But it was excellent. It was still really, really good. I uh, was a huge fan of it. Jonathan Gresham defeating Jay Lethal, making him tap out. So uh, now is the octopus, Jonathan Gresham, who is the Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion. But he is not the undisputed Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion. And this is where my optimism wants to kick in. Now, from all indications, the news does not look good as it relates to Ring of Honor in their future. You don't sit there and say to your talent, hey, man, all them contracts is done after the new year and 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 really instill faith in your talent or even in the fans uh, of the of that product that, that hey, we're going to be around. Ian Riccoboni, one of the better announcers in the game today, said, I'll see you in April. Um, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they're able to pull off something. It doesn't look good, but I'm hoping they're able to pull off something to where they can get back to normal or back to a type of normal. Uh, so I have to hold out hope and optimism in that. I will say, though, if they are able to get back to that, then I need Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito for the undisputed Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. Bandito was never defeated. He is still he has he has valid claim to the title. Um Ring of Honor has been amazing. I hope we see them in April. That's all I can really say. Even in the like, they're not, they're like any other professional wrestling company. That's not to say everything they did was amazing and good. No, it's a, it's a creative process. So you're going to have some misses. That's pro wrestling. That's entertainment overall. You're going to have some misses. Uh, but honestly, their impact was an overall net positive on professional wrestling in North America and actually professional wrestling around the world. So hopefully they can come back in, in, uh, in a positive way that is in, in a way that we remember them. It, it would suck if they just did like reunion shows. So let's hope it's not that. Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, um, uh, Austin Aries, uh, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens now, now El Generico, who of course famously trained uh, Sami Zayn. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Oh, who else? I'm trying to think. Seth oh, Rollins, former Seth, Tyler oh, Black. Tyler, that's Tyler Black. Yes. That's right. Nigel um, McGuinness, like you know, like so well, many. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think people would know who wouldn't know Ring of Honor. Who would they know uh, from? Uh, from uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. Oh, of course, Adam Cole. That's right. They all that thing. The entire the Bullet Club North, basically yes. North America, basically AJ Styles in, in Ring of Honor. That's right. AJ yeah. Styles was there too. He he's more with TNA guy, but he did have a stint mm -hmm. there as well. Just yeah, just all the guys who we talk about here is like you know guys who've been around for 10, 15 years, still doing some of the best work of their career to this day. Who are just amazing matches, amazing promos. That's kind of where they were in their prime. All of them have. Just you know, anywhere between uh between I say five and and uh, dozens of just incredible matches in Ring of Honor. Um, so you know, just kind of back up the point that Satoru made as far as how important of promotion this was, and and some of the names that he mentioned now. Don't be surprised if you know five years from now those are the guys working on top in AEW and WWE, just like you know they are right now. So um, I will be ordering this pay per view myself, um, and uh, I suggest you do as well. Satoyo, we have given the people what they wanted. Uh, it is now our time to get out of here. But now, without giving our match of the week, I will let you catch your breath after talking for as long as you did. So I will go first if you do not mind. 
Uh, and uh, for my match of the week, I want to profile a different promotion. Uh, one of, again, on the list, maybe not uh, just a, a notch below Ring of Honor as far as important promotions. As far as I know, they're unfortunately no longer active, but maybe they'll get back to it. I honestly have not researched. Uh, but this is a Philadelphia's own, very own Chikara promotion. Uh, another incredible promotion, another promotion where a lot of your favorites have stopped by or performed. I think uh, most famously Cesaro was there for a very, very long time. Uh, Eddie Kingston had some bangers there as well. Uh, a bunch of others. I mean, everybody we mentioned stopped by, at least stopped by there for a cup of coffee as well. And I want to profile a match with a uh, little known. I saw it. It's, it's a four-way match. It's a lot of fluid pichet, but I think it's fluid pichet done well. And part of it, I just, because this match took place in the year 2012, I'm mistaken. No, before that, 2009. It's when the match took place, took place 12 years ago. Uh, and just seeing people's reactions to the moves that we now maybe take a little bit for granted, uh, just how hard they, they pop. Uh, it's a four-way match between Kodo Ibushi, uh, back when he was still uh, a, a junior heavyweight, El Generico, who, as we mentioned, trained uh, Sami Zayn, uh, Nick Jackson, one half of the Young Bucks, still uh, competing as a solo act to, on, on rare occasion, and a man named Jigsaw, who was a Chikara promotion, kind of stayed local, if you will, never made it nationally, but a very, very talented uh, junior heavyweight. They're competing in an elimination four-way in just 15 minutes, and it should not be possible to have a spa fest like that be that good, but they accomplished it. Just a really well-paced four-way match. Um, excellent. And again, uh, just watching people react and pop for all the high-flying maneuvers uh, made me happy because I think in the year 2021, we might take them up for granted a little bit. Yeah, it's an excellent call there. Uh, to Mike's point, uh, important to note, Cesaro, Cassius Ono, Chris, uh, Chris Hero, one half of the, the Kings of Wrestling and ROH had a great run with the title. The, the Young Bucks, Nick Jackson, you know, uh, Matt Jackson, also a part of that. Uh, Kevin Steen, you know, of course, as we noted, we also noted, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Kingston, also in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's uh, footprints in professional wrestling is so deep. So for me, it is only appropriate that my match of the week be a ring of honor match so i am going to give you guys jay lethal versus cody for the roh world's heavyweight championship at roh final battle 2018 i really like this match also really love the run of cody rhodes during this time when he was the best heel in professional wrestling he was sort of like the king of all the independents he was doing really cool stuff he had uh, this is back by the time he finally he had won the title again. Cody's footprints are all over pro wrestling. You know that the, the ring that MJF carries around. Cody did it first. <laughs> Cody <laughs> was making motherfuckers kiss the ring. So this match was really, really good. Um, it was really fun. It was in New York. So the crowd was very, very vocal. Cody was over like Rover. This is why Cody doesn't turn heel. If he turns heel, then none of the heels can eat. Like, because they'll be doing it on a massive stage. But they had a really great match. He was super heel at this time. Jay Lethal was the consummate, you know, staple, the Bret Hart type of world's champion of Ring of Honor. And they had a really good match. And uh, I look back at this match very fondly well said uh I, I believe this is it for us i think we gave the people yeah. what they wanted what do you think we gave we gave them what they wanted more importantly we gave them what they needed absolutely my friend ladies and gentlemen this has been giving the book thank you so much for being with us uh be on the lookout for our next week show we promise we'll be back next week uh before taking a break once again uh, we have to be <laughs> we will be back next week with our uh, uh summary of all things 2021 in wrestling. Uh, thank you for being with us. Have a blessed day.
Peace.